Can household and industrial waste become the fuel of tomorrow? For some, it already is. Biofuel is becoming big business. So what's behind the rise in turning waste into fuel? How has the pandemic affected the production and supply of biofuels? What are the latest innovations? Welcome to the Smart Trader webcast. I'm Alok Sharma, SVP at Inatech, specialist in energy trading and risk management software. And I'm joined today by Luis Nunes, Head of Trading at Prio Energy in Portugal. Prio is a pioneer in producing and using biofuels. Thank you for joining me, Luis. First, tell me about Prio and your journey towards biofuels. So, Prio was born in 2005 uh, with the mission of bringing new energies to the market to build the mobility of the future. Uh, 15 years after, uh, and having uh, faced multiple challenges, Prio is now uh, uh, one of the largest producers of biodiesel in Portugal um, and an important player in, in Europe. Where we have also the biggest network of electrical chargers in private land and they operate uh, these days more than 250 stations, service stations in Portugal. Uh, honestly, we believe that energy for mobility is undergoing a tremendous transformation. Uh, in which involves um, innovative fuels that are increasing sustainability and more environment friendly. Uh, since last year, end of last year, we we are member of a wider group. This group is an international group based in Spain, uh, with a solid uh, solid presence in beverage and energy, uh, both in continental Spain and Canary Islands. Uh, and in other in other places in the world, uh, we hope to be able to further speed up and grow on our sustainability efforts with the support and larger scale of 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 a, of a group like this one. Excellent, thanks very much. So let's start with with biofuels. Um, of course, you have your own uh, refinery uh, that produces uh, uh, biofuels. Have you seen any changes in the demand supply characteristics due to COVID? Honestly, uh, uh, on the on the demand side, and uh, of course we face it uh, as we are in the retail market, we face it um, a decrease in the demand in a few months. Uh, however, uh, due to the higher mandates uh, and increasing uh, um, uh, role of bios on the, on the fuels, the effect was not uh, too important. As an example, we never we never stopped the running at the full capacity of the the plant uh, due to the COVID. On the um, on the importantly, or more on that was especially on the on the the feedstocks. Uh, the COVID has some impacts on the on the availability of the ucus used cooking oil, uh, and other residual feedstocks. That that is true, um, but taking that aside, uh, on the demand side of our products, we didn't face, especially, of course, in that one or two months, in March, April, that we saw uh, 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 the the first impact. We suffered with some demand impact, but in the in the rest of the the the, the year, it was more or less stable in the sense that the plant was was running at the full capacity. Right. Thanks for that. I mean, it's interesting you you bring up feedstock because traditionally people think that, you know, most of the biofuel comes from soybean oil, rapeseed oil, you know, palm oil. 
but there are increasingly uh, newer feedstocks like animal waste, and you mentioned used cooking oil. So how does this change your, let's say, forecasting matrix? I mean, how do you cope with uh, all these different uh, changes in feedstock from a supply point of view? When it started 15 years ago, uh, we were using, and the plant was built to, to use uh, vegetable oils. So the traditional, uh, as you were saying, the traditional veg oils, uh, rapeseed, soybean oil, palm oil, more or less six years ago, we decided to move on and to, to move to the waste feedstocks um, and uh, starting using used cooking oil, yucus. More and more, we are increasing the production using yucus. Uh, these days, uh, more than 80% or around 80% of our feedstocks are already yucus, used cooking oils. Now, as of, as of now, it's more or less as it was five, six years ago, we are moving again to a different other feedstocks. So, so we are increasing. So basically the use of rapeseed and soybean oil are at, um, well, depends, but uh, less than 20%. Uh, and the rest is used cooking oil plus other feedstocks. And then there is uh, different different names, a lot of, you know, uh, different things are happening and uh, I can just mention some of them, like food wastes, uh, other more technical names like uh, spent bleaching herd oil, that basically is a waste from the, the crushing activity of veg oils. Then we have the traditional margarines. So I think that there is plenty of options. Uh, the key, honestly, is the availability of these feedstocks and the technology to cope uh, with these these new ones, so because you need to have some pretreatments before the feedstocks arrive to the plant. So um, looking backwards, uh, use cooking oil was a big challenging, but now comparing with these ones, uh, it seems that uh, use cooking oil is the easiest part. Yeah, I mean it's interesting you bring up uh, used cooking oil because you know as we all know. Uh, the restaurants have been largely closed, right? I mean, they're just beginning to open, but uh, they've largely closed over the, you know, over the pandemic. So, how has Prio adapted to, from a feedstock point of view, to that to that challenge? Yes, is is a good question. So basically, uh, um, we we have a mix of domestic used cooking oil and international used cooking oil importation. Uh, what uh, before, even before, we are already somehow preparing, of course, we know that COVID would happen, but we would trying to increase the mix of domestic Uzi, Uzi cooking oil, um, because as you're saying, so COVID in the restaurants suffer a lot. So the restaurants were shut down pretty much everywhere in the world. Uh, which means that the sourcing of yucus on that uh, restaurants uh, and that kind of um, sources were very limited. Um, but the people are still were still eating, so instead of going to the restaurants, they were eating in home. So uh, our approach of trying to collect more on the domestic basis, uh, it, it proves to be to be a good a good um, good way. To, to minimize the, the, the availability uh, impact from the COVID. As an example, we, are, we have um, collecting points in our filling stations and in other places that allows us to, to mitigate this risk. And in the end, of course, we suffered 
a little bit on the on the on the supply side of UCUS, but the impact were not enough to create to create um, disruptions on our on our production. Right, and and this you know again traditionally, you know there has been some criticism of uh, of of you know biodiesel because it relies on agriculture and you know uh, biomass needs to be produced by intensive farming. You know challenges on water on 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 livestock etc so uh, you know it, by by shifting to to waste products and to ucos you know you're also answering that challenge but how do you see that evolving in the future i mean uh, you know uh, is, is that sustainable from your point of view the waste uh, feedstock is sustainable well i think of course, I think we have a big challenge in the coming years. So it's a big challenge and we need to decarbonize. So we need to re reduce the emissions. So it's, it's, the challenge is big. I think every kind of feedstock needs to play their role. Um, as as you so the rape seeds and you know, oil is true that there is there is impact on the farming side. That's why actually the European Renew Renewable Directive uh, is, uh, is always putting some caps uh, uh, on the, the use of this kind of feedstocks. As of today, for instance, as we are not, as you, as you mentioned, the, 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 our using of rapeseed or soybean oil is very limited. Uh, we are not using palm oil as of today. Um, so we are using UCUS and mostly UCUS and other, other feedstocks. As overall of the industry, I think that the, the, the bio industry is going to move on mostly to these wastes. Um, and uh, is sustainable in that sense that is we cannot afford to not not uh, use these these sources for the big challenge that we have. So so of course these sources these feedstocks there are some um, limitations there are there are limits the, the availability is not is not uh, big in some of the cases. However, however. For, for on the on the is a good way to use these feedstocks instead of you know instead of um, not 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 doing anything with them. So use cooking oil as an example. Uh, use cooking oil using for the fuels is is a solution much better than using that 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 not doing that. So uh, the splint bleaching earth oil is the same thing. So uh, uh, in our opinion. Um, there is more sustainable, quite more sustainable wastes and, and the advanced wastes than the veg oils. Well, based on this going forward, it seems possible to use increasing amounts of our waste to make quality fuels, which must be a win-win outcome. Amalok Sharma, SVP at Inatech, specialists in energy trading and risk management software. My thanks to my guest today, Luis Nunes, Head of Trading of Prio Energy in Portugal. Join me for part two of my Focus on Biofuels, in which we explore how trading activities can support the increased focus on biofuels. As usual, everything is available in the Knowledge Hub at innertech.com. Thank you for watching.